Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what you hear today, you can listen to our other episodes and a whole range of nerdy topics on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. My name is Chris Baker. I'm joined again, once again, by my fellow nerds, Toby and Ian. How are you both, you absolute arsehole? (laughs) (laughs) Hello there. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So, for the record there, the pre-recordings. Yeah, so normally we don't do this with cameras on. That's and... new. We're in a new age. <laughs> yes, and uh, normally I don't. Uh, I mean, you guys might do that every time to me. But... <laughs> yes, <you never laughs> no, uh, I've got this to look forward to now. That'd be fun. <laughs> How are you both? Yeah. We're good. We're good. Love like we life. haven't been talking for the last yeah. half hour, but you know, yeah. it's, uh... it's always weird when we do this because it's like, "How yeah, are yeah. you?" It's like I've, to- I've told you about my life, Chris. But we're canonically good now. We're canonically, we're canonically good. yes. The listeners know, and that's what's important. Um, <laughs> well, we're here this week with a special episode that is part one of what we're calling our animation celebration spectacular. I say we, I've just called it that. Let's, I think that's what we're calling I like it, it, though. Off the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Part one of two over these two parts, we're going to be talking about four great animated shows. Uh, this week, we are here to talk about two that we've really enjoyed recently one is scott pilgrim takes off which hit netflix not so long ago and the other is of course invincible season two really enjoyed these right guys and obviously you guys Mm -hmm. are on record with invincible in our previous episode for atom eve and thoughts on season one so we're going to be talking into about season two part one which part two resumes early in january i think it is in the new year yep or late or maybe a bit later maybe February, yeah. It's in the new um, year. It's somewhere in, in the new year. Too too long, if you ask me. It's too far away. Either yeah, way. Um, yeah. But before we get into Invincible, we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which, like I said, came on Netflix about uh, three, four weeks ago. Um, obviously, we've spoken about Scott Pilgrim on the podcast before. The movies, the comics, or the graphic novels, uh, our love for that film. And we talked about when this was announced, our excitement for it. Suffice it to say, I wasn't fully expecting what they presented. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get straight into that kind of question. So Scott Pilgrim takes off, I assumed would be a kind of a looser adaptation of maybe the graphic novels towards the film and we'd have kind of the same story. But they said, no, they basically went and did something completely different. Um, yeah. What did we think, uh, Ian? Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it i was watching it with simone who sadly can't join us today because she's jet setting around the world just in italy actually it's not that exciting but um we were watching it and both of us at the end of episode one it's at the end of episode one isn't it where scott loses and he gets turned into yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we were both like what the hell is this what what is going on here and i i actually um just to put my thoughts on what i actually thought of the broader show I, I actually loved their choice. I think it was, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to enjoy it if it was just a adaptation more closely to the comics, because we've discussed before that the film obviously has a different ending to the comics. And I was going to be fine if this was just an a animated animation of the comic yeah. book, but their choice to not only go in a very different direction with it story-wise, but to also link it to the comics slash films. So it's kind of its own sort of pilgrim universe I thought was a great choice and it brought a lot of themes and um, commentary into sort of like, not that I think Scott Pilgrim is outdated at all or anything, but it brought like a new modern Mm, fresh take of the story. Um, And I I loved it. I actually really loved it. I think it was a good choice. I think uh, it's a good point to touch on, I guess, the, the, the modernization of Scott Pilgrim to today's society and culture and the way they've kind of addressed some criticisms i guess of the story from the graphic novels that don't quite fly today um but yeah i think for me the first episode obviously follows a lot of the same beats as the film and the books and you're like okay yeah i like that moment know that moment know that moment and then it just goes complete left turn at the end and you're like completely blown away and like what's going to happen over the next seven episodes um Toby, how did you feel in the first, the end of episode one and then the show as a whole? Well, I'm relieved that I'm not the only dumbass who thought it was just a straight adaptation. So yes. that, I did. <laughs> I was watching this and I was like, oh, wow, I was not, I did not see that coming at all. Uh, so left field. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, to echo the same points as you, I think the biggest thing that this did more than anything else was it was 
takes off is i guess the name for scott pilgrim in actuality for the show because he kind of takes a back seat for everybody else this becomes more the side characters and ramona's story really more than anything her sort of journey of self-discovery and more of an expansion on all the side calories and side characters and auxiliary characters you know, we got far more backstory and information on the likes and dislikes of, say, the actual evil boyfriends and um, like side characters like Knives Chow, who was very much just uh, a placeholder character and yeah, kind yeah. of limp into some of the conflict in the original storyline, actually gave her some 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 stuff to do, some some plot to actually work on. So I, I thought that was great. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think so. I think a lot of the like you say the, the sub characters from the comics and the film really get a lot more depth in this because like Scott is gone, literally the name like you said the name of the the show is, he takes off and he's gone, and then you've put um, Ramona front front and center. So Ben Shapiro obviously hates it because there's a woman in in, in the lead. So so uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> <laughs> but but like everyone like. Um, uh may whitman who plays um oh roxy roxanne um like the fact and the fact that they've got yeah and they've got all these characters that like say they they fit points in the story beforehand but now they are actually as and to use what ian said the pilgrim universe really pad it out and make Mm -hmm. it feel like not only are they just trying a different story but they're making it like really like because we like all those characters and they're just saying, yeah, and we're going to reward you with, you know, great stories about these characters so you know more about them. Um, yeah. Even like Envy 100%. and, yeah, and all those kind of places. And I, f- but, um, I feel the the choice of doing that, but, but also giving like a sense of growth and closure to a lot of like characters. Like, I mean, obviously a big, the difference here is like the fights, well, there's a lot of great stuff, firstly. Like, animation in it is outstanding. Like, the animation yeah, so 100%. is... 100%. Blew me away, and I love its mix of, like, different art styles, but it does it in a very fluid way. And I think that's something we've talked about before in films that we've really enjoyed recently in this am- animated renaissance, as I call it, um, that we've had where we've had, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Puss in Boots and obviously the Across Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Across the Spider-Verse. I was getting... I was getting to it the big dog that is across the spider-verse um but they have this really nice melding of animated styles and unique looks at that and i loved that in this context but i think it works really well with the storyline as well so it uses that animation to like propel its story um and i like that the evil exes instead of it being a fight with all of them some of them do fight but it's actually more like a journey of their growth closure with ramona and actually having like a more mature look at like their relationships and what happened, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was great and a really, really smart choice for it to take. Um, yeah. In terms of like my number one highlight, also, um, I'm kind of w- word vomiting my ideas but about it, but the the soundtrack for this is also like outstanding. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite points of animation, storytelling in terms of character progression and music was Knives and Kim's song. Um, yeah. That was so great where she's playing the bass. She's only played for a couple of hours and then suddenly he's amazing at playing the bass. And they have this really great synth-like moment where she's coming of like growing up sort of and getting her own character whilst Kim's there. I thought that was great. I think it's yeah. really, really good. Why well, I think like to, to touch on the animation side of things, I feel like it was a real true honoring of brian lee o'malley's yeah you know because he had such a unique blend of different styles just in his own work and my friend uh tom bishop you guys probably will know at some juncture Mm -hmm. he um this is probably one of his favorite comic book series he got me into scott pilgrim before the film came out and just the the work that he's done in that comic book series i feel was really captured well in this i think Mm -hmm. edgar wright captured the essence and the the sort of spirit of the comic book in the movie really yeah. well but this one it, it really does despite the fact it taking a bit more of a detour in the storyline it still feels like an extension almost like a companion piece to his work and the movie because i feel like they're all quite cyclical yeah you know, you've got 100%. the original storyline you've got the movie as an adaptation and also the one of the things i quite liked in in the in takes off is that 
you can literally treat this as a, a companion piece because the the young Neil movie that he's making yeah is yeah. a live action adaptation of scott pilgrim versus the world so mm -hmm. i thought that was really cool i thought that was great so it's, yeah it's all like yeah. one big thing so they're all it, they can all work in cohesion yeah it's, it's wonderfully meta for itself where it sort of builds itself into itself it's like obviously the film is for them the alternate reality where scott didn't uh did win um which is obviously the story we already know, but it's interesting, like, you know, multiverses, which, you know, is very, very vogue right now. I was about to say, it's very in, it's very yeah. fashion, but they did this the so well. Yeah, they did it really, really well. Like, it did yeah. become, like, I actually didn't see, spoilers, I didn't see it coming that, you know, it was going to be Scott in the future as the villain, <gasps> who's like, I, I didn't see that coming and Ramona from the future being like, I guess, you know, the hero that's trying to save them. I didn't yeah. see any of that coming because I didn't really imagine a, what, it's two hours in total. If you put it all together, it's like two hours. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah, about that. I didn't expect something that's only two hours to do such an in-depth. It does so like, much in that time. Yeah, it does yeah. so much. And it does something I think, I don't want to be like slagging off other franchises that are trying to do meta, but we, we know, all know Toby. Name the, them, name them now. She's very out of character. And... Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we all know Toby's deep hatred for the Flash. You can, you compare the Flash's meta sort of like into universes where it's got Michael Keaton's old Batman and all this stuff. It doesn't work. Whereas this does a really good job, as you say, of being a companion piece you to something like that already... The spaghetti? The spaghetti? Um, <laughs> the, this has done a great job of connecting what we already know, but building upon it and not like... We could go yeah. back and read the comics and it's still great. And we could go watch the film, still great. And this just adds upon that. And I'm going to be out there and say, in terms of the Scott Pilgrim... Um, and it might be recency bias, but I think this is the best sort of Scott Pilgrim property. But you can't have it without the other ones. That's the thing. Yeah. So you've got to... And I'm not saying that I now dislike Scott Pilgrim's the comics. I've got them on my comic shelf in front of me. But the... Um, I think they're great. I just think this does so much sort of like emotionally and like... It just, I don't know, it just did something for me that I just really felt like it was doing something. I'm not saying they're immature, but it did something very mature with an already existing property, with its characters. And even with Scott, even though he takes a back seat, I felt like what they did with Scott's character in the future, being totally like living alone and like becoming so depressed. And like, yeah. I thought that was great. So like, I just, I felt like this did something. It, it had like a real message it wanted to say and it did it executedly fantastically and i also love animated properties so this yeah. whole spectacular yeah. we're doing is like something i'm really enjoying <laughs> I, I have a quick question though on in in sort of counter that would you mm. say though that you like this more because you know the original storyline and oh, if you watched this yeah yeah, yeah. i think this this in itself is kind of like you can watch this as it is and enjoy it for what it is but I think you can get a deeper and more mm -hmm. enjoyable and a skewed version of this because you have seen the properties or read the Agreed. properties beforehand. It's only Cause... as good because of the old properties. Exactly, yeah. Because of the hard it... work that's been done before. Yeah, yeah and it challenges you on your perception of these characters and yeah. how you've understood their journey mm -hmm. from the original sort of storyline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I 100% um... agree. Yeah, I... I think I said to you guys, I said, I'm going to start watching it. And I literally watched all the episodes in a row, which, yeah, me too. which you know, for me is not, is kind of rare because, you know, it's two and a half hours, even though it's a film, but it's like a lot of episodes and there's a lot happens in that time. But I was just like, no, I need the next one, the next one. I was just, yeah, yeah we were the same. It, for me, it was, it was, was tired. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was refreshing to I see. I just couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> it was refreshing to see an IP get, extended but with clearly a lot of passion a lot of love mm. not just for the sake of oh let's do scott pilgrim because you know people like it let's see if we can make something they actually go no we actually have a story we want to tell we actually want to this is how we're going to do it and we're not going to because i read an interview with edgar wright who obviously probably gets asked every day like when you make another scott pilgrim he's like well i won't because first of all fair play he's like it's not mine 
Yeah. Scott Pilgrim's mind. I just ad- adapted it. He mm. said, if Brian, if Brian wants to do it, then maybe. And then eventually he, I think he asked Brian Leo Malley and he said, yeah, but I want to do this story. And then obviously we are where we are now, but the fact that he's just gone, no, I, he could have cashed in. They could have easily made the Scott Pilgrim movie, a animated series, but they've gone that extra mile to give us something that's really special, really works with the other properties in the, in the, in, in that universe. And I think it's just, and from my point on the animation, I was just blown away by yeah. the fight scenes that I like the bit when um, Lucas Lee's skateboarding to Liam Lynch's United States. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. I was about to mention uh, that. As I well. haven't heard I that song in so long. I was like, so oh my good. God. It's so it's good. So, so back. Um, but yeah. like, all, all that stuff, all the little character beats, all the kind of, you know, um, when, um, uh, Todd falls in love with uh, yeah, yeah, Wells, and, Wells yeah. Uh, yeah, all those kind of things that are just like so much bigger than what this one character that we be- I think believed the world had to center around to a degree, but shows it doesn't. All these mm. characters are so interesting enough, especially you know Ramona and Knives gets like Toby said gets really a lot more exploration, and we really get because she's kind of let's say shit upon in yeah the other she's ones. not but, just the teenage character yeah she's she's yeah. the other girl yeah for lack of better and but then so are the other exes and the other and they're all the other people that are just yeah. there to make the i guess the conflict but in this they've become so much more than that and yeah. i just i really really loved it and we get Older young Neil, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, young... I love that. Older young Neil. It's yeah, great. I think the the and having the cast back as well, because from what I've again read about Scott Pilgrim over the years, is they've all said that there's enough. They've never had an experience like working on Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, they and, love you it. know they've all friends. They did the reading uh, during lockdown for the 10th anniversary, and they clearly apparently yeah. this all started because of Michael Sarah replied to. A, an email or something and said yeah we should do it and then they all got on board but the fact that you've got everyone back as well yeah really makes and it I, special i think with that just to give the cast some like real credit a lot of them probably have done voiceovers before i'm sure some haven't but they were all fantastic yeah like, they, they were all... so good they yeah. were just so on point well and... they exactly felt like they did when you watched the film yeah there's, exactly there's like you, it you'll see people come back and it's like ah, they didn't feel quite like the same beats as they were hitting last mm. time. And they yeah. maybe watched the step with the voice. They've sort of forgotten how they played it. But no, nah, it beat for beat. Each beat for beat. And what I love about, there's a lot of properties where- And expanded go, upon. Yeah, and expanded upon. And there's a lot of properties, I'm sure all three of us can agree that like when I read Batman comics now, you know, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice when I'm reading them. And it's like, you know, same with Mark Hamill for the Joker. Um and and I think that's hard to transition. And when they did the film, I actually now having reread Scott Pilgrim a couple of times because it's fun and it's a really enjoyable comic to reread. I hear mm. you know Michael Cera uh, and those actors doing it, so I think that's a yeah. sign of how good they were already in the film. And for them to just come back and hit the ground running, like Chris Evans is so great as um, uh, funny. <laughs> it's so <Sorry>. whatever <laughs> like, it's so good and i love when he and um gideon become like friends but yeah. they're like complete slobs in the house yeah. that's so good like it's so funny and they just get it on point with everything they choose to do and there's there's actually i i gave this on my my letterbox which you can always follow me on letterbox as i plug every time um Please follow me. Uh, I, actually, <laughs> I actually gave this a five out of five. I thought this was like broadly amazing. There's nothing I would change about it. Like it is just, in my opinion, a perfect animated show, perfect adding to a canon, and just great performances and animation. It's just on point. Hundred percent. I think. And back to just back to the cast. I mean, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Anna Kendrick, Part, They've all done massive massive things since yeah. this but the fact that they've all come back clearly when when that's what gave me a lot of faith in it when i was announced was like oh we've got the cast back and i was like right they clearly are all on board if it's something mm. good yeah. again fully just expected it to be a straight adaptation but you know <laughs> i'm really glad it wasn't i agree with ian i'd say broadly amazing i really really loved it like i said just 
binge the whole thing. I couldn't get enough. And then when it was over, I felt I felt sad. Not gonna lie. What's your um, favorite parts? Each one of you. Ooh, uh, I like the fact, I like the fact that Matthew Patel got a bit more. You know, because he's literally yeah. comes into the film and then is out and gone. You know, other other exes get a bit more time, but he actually got a bit more. Uh, and I like the downfall of Gideon. I like the yeah, yeah the, the look of sweet fun day out where he goes. I've been only gone ninety minutes, but they managed to do all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love I love that bit that relationship. But my favorite was the uh, the fight between Ramona and Roxy in the video store. Yeah, not only was that just a really cool like stylistic fight where they were going through like different like yeah feudal japan then you had like world war ii sort of bombing scenes and stuff like that that was really cool but then you also got like the emotional backstory between yeah. their breakup and that that really sort of like hit some renaissance because it sort of it, it that was almost where ramona was like oh actually maybe i'm partly to be at fault as to why these guys are my evil exes now yeah and that sort of i felt like that sort of started the road on her sort of self-discovery and journey in this mm-hmm. and i just thought it was a really cool fight too yeah it yeah. shows that those relationships are two-way there's yeah. there's blame on both sides which is really nice that they explored that and realized that you know they've, they've all they're they're evolving as people and characters yeah. and stuff and um i like i, I also like the fact that they've kind of touched upon the fact that um knives is maybe too young for scott yeah. and um they, well, i they think they always ha- did but they, they yeah, hit it they harder hammer at home yeah. but they were just like right we've we acknowledge that you know yeah. it's 2023 now I, was, I love i love what he says at the end too it's like i really shouldn't have been dating you like i yeah, just like, exactly. point blank, it's like, like, like really yeah yeah no you probably shouldn't have <laughs> yeah um, I also love the fact that Stephen and Knives write a musical <laughs> about it. it was, yeah, it yeah, that's great. That's really good. I was like, of course they do, right? And Knives yeah. is just like obviously amazing at every instrument yeah. she ever plays. Um, but yeah, I I think yeah, broadly broadly amazing. We all yep. loved it. Did Simone like it? Yeah, I mean, I think Simone to speak on behalf of Simone. Um, I, I I'll, I'll maybe I'll get her to like do a voice note that you can yeah. clip it in, but um she loved it she really enjoyed it uh, yeah. we watched it together i think both of us did not expect it to be just a totally different story that took us totally off guard uh, i think all four maybe they announced this and we just didn't read about it because yeah, all four of us I think we like, all had our head in the sand didn't we <laughs> like did not realize well that was what nice I've, that was a nice from, surprise from what i've know. read from the reviews and the articles about it i don't think a lot of people kind of assumed this would happen they've yeah. maybe thought there'd be differences but this is I don't. I don't think a lot of people thought it would take the turn it did. Because again, in the interview, Red right, he was like, "Yeah, that's what Brian wanted to do, and we thought we'd go for it." So, mm-hmm. but she loved it. Yeah, she much like all four of uh, all three of us. Like, she thought it was broadly amazing, and uh, I think she loved just the different take it took. And I think not to speak for her because we were talking about it afterwards. But she, I think she really, really liked the end with you know washed up Scott and older Ramona and like the weird sort of like combination of Ramona's to become ultimate Ramona was yeah. like really cool. And we were like, that's kind of like when he goes like, it's like yeah. Sonic. We were like, yeah. it is, it is. Well, I, I like the mistake that it was, it was like, it's Sonic 2, I mean, Sonic 3. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys notice the the, the two characters uh, cameos from uh, another Edgar Wright property? Oh yes, the security guards were played yes. by Nick Cross and yeah, Sean yeah, yeah, uh, Simon yeah. Pegg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I noticed that. Yeah. I was like, who's yeah. that? She was like, I it's clearly, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I could hear it. I was like, who's that? And Simon was like, come on. Come on. <laughs> I was, I was like, clearly. I was like, of course they're in it. Of course yeah. they're here. Um, they were very great. funny as well. They were good, yeah. I actually think my my favorite moment, uh, which was actually the moment it ended on, was obviously throughout the I think in every episode it starts or there's a moment where Ramona's dyeing her hair and then she oh, I loved that as window. well. Yeah. By the end, she sort of does it and she smiles and then they play the song Scott Pilgrim by Plum Tree. Yeah. which is where this name comes from and i just thought yeah perfect note to end on i was like you it, it just emphasizes that they've really thought about the whole thing and thought yeah. this is for and this is for i don't want to say for us the fans but it kind of is like this yeah, we made this with love for you to enjoy and here yeah. it is and i was like oh and we could have more yeah yeah um i think it might i think it would be a while if at all but i think 
if they're going to keep doing stuff like this, I'm happy for it. I'm also happy if they never did anything yes, again. I'd I be absolutely well, fine. I, I read a, um, a, an article about this where they were saying that they made this on the basis that they will only get one shot at this. So mm-hmm. there's no plans as of yet. It'll be great if they can, and they'd be up for doing it. But the way they wrote this is where they may have put threads because of how things on Netflix and algorithms and all that things work. Yeah. They made this on the basis they were only going to get one shot, so they only made this as a, a one one off series. And I, I think it totally works as it is because you kind of yeah. want to lead to the idea that there may be life after this show. You may not have to see it, but these characters are going to move on, and like Gideon and Julie Powers may have some machinations and plans in place for Scott Pilgrim and Ramona. But you know, that can just be left to your imagination. I, I I don't think we necessarily need anything past this. I agree with you. I think this is a nice little trilogy of um, stories that we've got, as in the original story in comic book form, the movie, yeah. and then this is a, a nice little companion. I totally agree with you. And sometimes the best properties are like that. Yeah. You know, when they mm-hmm. go, oh, I had we only had one thing in mind, we stuck to it, and then because of the popularity, it got more. And sometimes, not to say, you know, they shouldn't do it because i think like you chris i'd like to see more if they do but sometimes it is always best to leave it while you're ahead you know like there's a keen examples the only one i can really think of off the top of my head right now and it's going to be controversial we're going to get a lot of hate well i am anyway but um i think the the first two seasons of rick and morty were like on point because they had a certain vision in their head in terms of writing it now i know there's a lot of controversy around rick and morty at the moment um but it initially I believe, from my recollection, what's his name? The writer of Community. What was his name? Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon's idea for Rick and Morty was like four seasons, I think, or maybe three, because they had like an arc over like Rick, him with the you know well, the Universal like police, etc. And season two ended with him being in prison, and then after se- the popularity of it exploded after season two, it became huge. And Adult Swim renewed them for like crazy amounts of seasons. So they had to like create a lot of filler that they mm. didn't initially think of. And I think yeah. I'm, I know a lot of people still like Rick and Morty, and I do too. I've watched the recent seasons and I think it picked up. But personally, I think season like three and four kind of lulled a lot. And I think that's because, you know, it, it they didn't have it planned out. So sometimes it's just better to have your one and done complete yeah. it do exactly what you wanted and then not have to you know yeah come up i agree i think and i think one of the best examples of a show that did that was lost so when they start oh yeah that's way better than mine when they when they started chris no no you're absolutely right and i don't (laughs) i don't think i don't necessarily think you're alone on the wreck and morty front i agree i think the wreck and morty of before and now are very different and i think that it's, it's been a victim of its own success we bit. same as lost lost was originally yeah, going to be a two mad. a two three season show but it became this it was it was the biggest show in the world at one point i think yeah and they met they wanted them to make nine and then they compromised at six but then you had to fill out all this time travel stuff and all that stuff which is why and you know, I'm not sure if you've watched it, but I know Toby has. When Damon Lindelof, who made Lost, went to make The Leftovers, he mm. said, no, I'm doing three seasons. Yeah. I know what I'm writing, and I'm done. And that was and a phenomenal And that series. is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And I think the best shows know when to just, or best properties know when to just go right. And another done. one, which transitions us well into our next property, is The Walking Dead as well. Ooh. Um, season season yeah. one of The Walking Dead had a clear plan to it that the showrunner wanted to make. Then the showrunner was forced off. A lot of controversy over it. And I'm not saying that Walking Dead is terrible because I'm not really, it's not my sort of show. It became terrible. I'm saying it. (laughs) It certainly did. People want to handle the spin-offs. That bloody farm for so long and (laughs) span the wheels there for so, because they didn't know what they were doing. The guy who had the plan the vision and the foresight he left who, he left well un- yeah. under duress under duress yeah. and that's what so, happens you know when you have a plan you have it set out like scott pilgrim has you want it exactly the way you do just sometimes i guess i would only want them to come back if they actually have something that they want to yeah. do rather than netflix be like please yeah. do it please please do it just come back if they want it because walking dead 
not so good. <laughs> not no, so, and I, and I was good. someone who was, I was a massive defender of Walking Dead for years to about season, whenever Rick left. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, that's, that's literally when I left off as well. It's yeah, the same. I was, it's like, I, lost. I was giving up now. Yeah. I, kept, I kept trying to defend Lost all the way up until the end. And I was like, hmm. I think yeah, lost, my lost time, lost. my time, <laughs> because I never invested as much time into either of these shows. I think I was more able to go when I did watch it. I watched season one of The Walking Dead and I was like, this is actually really good. And I was super impressed by how it was really it was just so well put together for such a short, like what, six episodes? I think it was. And then when I watched season two, I was like, what the f- what the fuck happened i was like what? what because i didn't know the guy had left i was like this is yeah. like a different show i was like what the fuck so it's so disappointing it had all the ingredients for greatness it had a great constant i haven't like, watched great these comic two. to work off of and it's just ugh, yeah yeah the comic is fantastic it's right on our shelves next to another one that's Ooh. also great well wow. have one, someone what... else i don't know is there oh, someone else from from one Robert Robert Kirkman property to another, we are very smoothly. Thank you, Ian. Moving from our from not, not usual for me actually. To be honest. From Seamless. our first topic to our second topic, which is of course the brilliant Invincible season two part one, which was on Prime uh, the last few weeks, has now taken a break to uh, early next year, which, yeah, I am very annoyed um, because I kind of binged a lot of this in a row and then yeah. suddenly had to come to a screeching halt and was yeah. like, no. See, we've been waiting so long yeah, I know. for season two. We were still working together when season one came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how long ago it was. <laughs> But I've been like an addict whose dealer has just disappeared. Yeah. I'm just like, what, what do I do? Give me the good stuff. <laughs> just give me one on me, man. One on me, man. Oh, give me man. Think, Chris. Um, think. Yeah. Um, right. So, yes, we are obviously Invincible Season 2, Part 1. You guys have talked about Invincible Atom Eve as a special episode, which was, I guess, the uh, kind of prequel but bridge between seasons one and two um obviously season two picks up exactly where season one left off with omni-man having disappeared after his massive revelation to his son that in fact the viltrumites are there to take over earth and will stop it nothing to make sure that happens uh bloody bloody fight and destruction and chaos and it uh, just leaves a leaves a real downer is all i'm gonna that's how i'm gonna put it <laughs> i was i was smiling ear to ear it was such yeah. a good product i love it. it is and then obviously season two picks up from that they're dealing with the aftermath obviously um uh mark is dealing with the fact that he's his whole worldview has been shattered what's what 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 does he do from here he's trying to pick up the pieces figure out where omni man's gone etc uh and then obviously the wife Debbie has to pick up from the fact that a very brutal revelations from Nolan about her being a pet and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like it's a very somber start to the series. Um, but what do we think of part one, I guess, the first four episodes, Ian? Uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say Toby if you wanted to Toby. jump in. As, Om- as Omni Man himself. I was about to say, because oh, his title on the podcast <laughs> is Omni Man, I feel like I, w- I don't want to step on the toes. I don't want him to scream, think it, think it. <laughs> I, th- I, I mean, I love it. Invincible is, if it, without DC and Marvel, it's my favorite comic line. I have got all the large omnibuses and I think it's just such a phenomenal property. So seeing it adapted in a, an animation form is just so good. So the more I get, the better. <laughs> um, but in terms of how season two sort of starts off and picks off, I, it's kind of where I was expecting it to be. Um, you know, Mark Invincible, he's very much in a, a vulnerable state right now, despite the fact being invincible, he can't sort of get away from the fact that he's sort of been raised human. He's got all the human failings and emotions and stuff like that that he's having to deal with. Um, I thought it was quite a, a unique take to kind of have a, a parallel opening of the ending of the first season with yeah. um, Mark at like an Elseworld sort of look into where Mark and Omni-Man working side by side, sort of taking down um, the world, basically preparing it for the Viltrumite Empire. 
um giving us a teaser into the overarching villain i i guess of this season angstrom levy mm-hmm. um i thought that was a really cool opening uh sort of a cold open into that 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 crazy Simone violence was very what, confused yeah very like what what she, mark could be like she hasn't thought, read the comics so she was like what the hell's happening here why is this happening i was like just just watch just watch well, <laughs> this this is something else i was going to expand upon because they didn't re- they show you elseworlds where mark is the villain in in the storylines but they don't give that much backstory you know they don't spend as much time with it it's very much like a plot device well this is another world where invincible's bad this is another world where invincible's half cyborg this that and the other this one they actually give a bit more context and i think that's the benefit of the tv show mm. they they expand upon a mm. lot more that you're not really given time to gestate on and i think another thing that you touched upon chris with with debbie her coming to terms with what happened with Omni man oh, and mark yeah. in the world brutal that's very much glazed over in, in the, the comic, comic. yeah like debbie doesn't really like she has her moments and her scenes but they're giving her a lot more attention mm-hmm. in the tv show you know she's going to the meetings she's going to the groups and she's, oh, she's going out drink so and there's so much depth to her character that she's just not giving in the comic books understandably it's not really about her per se but you've got the allowance of a tv show to make it more so about her she's a vulnerable she's a valuable character um and i think it makes when we get to it further down the line her eventual evolution and relationships with other characters moving on i don't want to say too much because it could be a spoiler it it gives that more credence as to why she'd take that sort of approach because mm-hmm. she's been able to develop as a character rather than we're just going to evolve this bit of the storyline it's hard to describe without giving away the details but i really don't want to sort of bring that up ian you may know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about yeah but I think the trajectory, uh, trajectory of this show and this series in particular is really ramping up to sort of areas that I personally loved in the comic books. Like Angstrom Livy is such a yeah. diverse character and it sort of the, the conflict between him and uh, Mark and Invincible, that really spearheads how Mark sort of moves forward as a character and a superhero. And it's kind of the platform for the rest of the show or comic book series sort of moving forward into how it te- it kind of takes a darker turn. There's a big, much larger expansion in the world and the law. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just so good. And there's so much, this is sort of teasing and I'm just excited to see how part two like, is going to handle it. You look like a kid at a sweet shop. You're like, I am. I've just, <laughs> yeah. if, if I'm going to make one critique, to be a little bit is i i would i think i feel that this half of the season is probably it, it feels a little bit more rushed in the sense oh, of the animation oh, i think the animation is not quite as crisp as mm. season one similarly with atom eve because i think what ian simone and myself were commenting on is how crisp and how beautiful the animation was mm-hmm. and i think just in some of the scenes I, I just don't think they've got the, the, the flow going. So it, it could be that they're, they're saving the budget for that in part two, because I think there is going to be more um, sort of more physical activity, more combat and things like that. So, so they'll, pro- they'll probably want the animation, but yeah, exactly. They'll want some more of the animation budget for that, mm, I think where, so. where this can be a little bit more stationary. But mm-hmm. that's my only critique, as I think the animation's not quite as on point this half of the season. It's very funny you say that, because that is one of the things. One of the principal scenes i would actually point to in terms of the animation being a bit i don't it's not cheap but it's definitely not as crisp it's the right word is when atom eve is building that park yeah. the animation of her doing mm. that comparative comparatively to what we've seen previously in the special and also the first season her putting that park together almost seemed like i don't know it just wasn't as crisp and it's almost like the block or movements of the actual animation were too soft in places and just a bit like you know i don't know how they obviously i'm not an animator so i don't want to be like too critical but it just wasn't as tight as before and it's very funny as you said that because i was like that is actually something that okay i was thinking that i was thinking it (laughs) i feel like it was a lot less frames because you with animation it's a lot more like cells and frames that sort of put these things together it felt very much like a flip book opposed to sort of a yeah that story. is exactly how i describe it you're there you, you're thinking toby <laughs> it's like you, it's like you've skipped a few pages in the flip book to get to the final picture opposed to yes. going through the full journey yeah. yeah i think part of that as you're probably right toby is 
picking, I guess, their their battles with the budget to mm. go. If... Well, so we both know probably what's going to be in the second part of this season, and I do think Toby's right that you, if they're going to do that justice, which they definitely will do because they are they they're doing a really good job, that is going to cost probably more animated wise anyway, just time and effort. I think there's going to be a lot of effort putting into that in terms of the animators who are doing a great job. That's not yeah. to say this is crap or anything. Like it still is very good. So I don't want to shit on the animators. They are doing a good job, but it's yeah, probably, yeah. as you say, just a bit like let's quickly do the animation for this so we can dedicate all of our time for what we are going to be doing, which I think is going to look fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to echo Toby, I, I totally agree with him. I think this show um has been one of the highlights for me uh in terms of like tv watching uh recently i know a lot of people tell me i need to watch like the boys and other things which we'll do it's coming up it is coming up but i really <laughs> the nods from you <laughs> um i really feel like this is doing things in a really fantastic way and um I- i'm not going to take too much credit for this opinion but there's a there's a guy on YouTube I totally recommend people watching, which is Captain Midnight. Really great YouTube channel that does breakdowns of comic book related stuff. Similar to us. Come on our show. Come on our show. But he, he was saying, as a watcher of The Boys and a watcher of this, something he loves The Boys, but he was saying a critique he has a bit of The Boys is that each season is how they're going to defeat Homelander. Homelander kind of wins in the end of the day, and then they have to start again in their journey to defeat Homelander. Now, I don't know if that's fully correct because I haven't watched it, but you know, it's his it's his review of it. So go to him, be angry with him rather than me. But something he said, which I agree with this, is that in comparison, they could have taken easy, like, decisions. And, like, you know, taking Atom Eve and also his mum. Uh, what's his mum's name again? Deborah. Debbie. Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. Yeah. Deb, yeah. Those two, for me, I think because I've read the comic, there's been a few changes that they decided to do with uh, Invincible's actual, like, storyline. But broadly, the strokes are very similar and mm. they're still great. I'm really enjoying it and it's really good. But I think with Atom Eve and Debbie, I've really enjoyed, they could have had just an easy choice that, you know, Atom Eve's decided to go her own way, leave the team, do humanitarian stuff and be really cool. But they've chosen to have like these difficulties that her choices actually have big ramifications. You know, you build a park, but you didn't do it to regulation and people could have got hurt. And that tension with her parents, her parents, her dad is an awful person. But at the end of part two, he kind of was right. She is being reckless and just going out doing stuff because she has these powers but isn't looking at the broader consequences, which Mm kind of links to the Amoeba special as well, which is great. And with Debbie, having read the comics, like Debbie's character, I think is one of the most interesting characters in the show. Her help group where, you know, people who've lost superhero partners was such an amazing addition and emotionally, oh, when they, when the guy finds out her husband was Omni-Man, like the pit in my stomach. We're going straight for spoilers. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Fucking yeah! If you're listening to us, fucking what are you doing? You know, like, I assume you've watched. I, I was really trying before. not to give too many spoilers away. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. no I'm just really hard. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the next part of it, which I know that's coming. But like, I'm going to spoil this. Fuck's sake, you know? Like, <laughs> why are you listening to us, Jesus? Why are you listening to us? Actually, that is a good question. Because we're phenomenal um, people, just generally. <laughs> yeah, just generally. But. Yeah, her when that moment happened and you hear in the guy's voice the venom and hatred, yeah. my stomach like fell. And yeah. I loved the parallel because they didn't do this in the comics and it is very much different in the comics. In the comics, you have Omni-Man's sort of like consciousness. You have it in the panels where you're reading his journey away from the planet once you learn what he's done since he's left. Love yeah. some of that alien relationships. But uh, oh. he, he flies off into space. But in this, they only do it by having a musical number uh, behind his journey through space, which was stud. I actually think in terms of animation, that was some of the best parts of it, I thought. Um, even though it was, do you know what? It was kind of like that flip booky thing where it's him just flying through space, the yeah, same it's very figure. Sta- static figure moving throughout mm-hmm. the... But I quite like, liked that. I think that yeah. was a good... They did probably when they were like, this is the budget you have. They were like, yeah. we're going to have to communicate this in a way that shows he's static in his emotion, not moving, 
not changing, but things around him are changing. Yeah. And then when he gets to that black hole, that was cool. ba- basically going to commit suicide. I yeah. love the parallel with Debbie looking over a highway, going to throw herself into the highway. Yeah. That's something we did not have in the comics. No. And that was so good. So yeah, yeah. I, I think they could have made easy choices and just gone, let's do this comic book. Kind of like Scott Pilgrim. Let's just do this comic book. And with Invincible, I think they've done an amazing job that they're keeping it to the comic book, but the stuff they've added is really like amazing. As you said, Toby, it just gives a more time to just stay or brave out. And I, I really, really loved it. 10 yeah. out of 10 from Ian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, <clears throat> I've, like I say, I literally have gone through a, like a binge. Yeah. Thing. You've, you've done all of it. I've done. Yeah. I went from start to finish and now reading the the comments which is nice. which are also incredible but um as somebody yeah. who shotgunned it then how do you feel yeah it's interesting because um obviously shotgunned scott pilgrim then shotgunned uh invincible then shotgun your partner player. just doesn't see you anymore do it <laughs> i think she, i think she's somewhere um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left this room in days. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I think for me, it was obviously I'd heard you guys speak about it and passionately, and obviously I, I hold your guys' opinion in quite high esteem, suppose oh, it to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. But yeah, I was like, right, I'm really excited to watch it. And from the first episode, when just everything starts kicking off and obviously he gets his powers and it and then everything from the animation the soundtrack the voice acting the story everything's just there it's just all comes together so well so when you watch again it's just like i want to watch the next one and i want to watch the next one yeah. and then i've been having this i've got i've had the soundtrack on repeat as well because it's got some great tunes in there mm-hmm. um i think like i said the voice cast is like jk simmons is oh. only man I mean, J.K. Simmons so just generally. He's, but... He does steal it a lot. He does steal he it does. a lot. He does. Even yeah. his, he is in this part very briefly at the end. Yeah. His presence in this part when he's like, it's been too long, son. I'm like, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah, get you I pictures think... of Spider-Man, J.K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a friend of mine said, he was like, oh, I've tried watching it, but I just can't imagine him as not J. John Jameson. I was like, really? He's like, he's Broaden doing, your he's horizons, he's, man. He's, he's I was about to say, like, watch Whiplash, you muppet. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, um, but I then, I then was like, because get I'm, out of my sight before I demolish you. Yeah. What would it? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Because what I would say about this show, as opposed to maybe Scott Pilgrim, I wouldn't recommend Scott Pilgrim to like just anyone because I feel mm. like it's very you either like that kind of thing or you don't and yeah whereas i think with invincible i think if you just like good if you really don't like anime or animation then i'm not going to be like yeah you should watch it but i was like well for example do you like the boys like yeah then i think you'd love invincible or if you like good animation or you just like great storytelling or you like superheroes or you like this or you like that i think this is the kind of show where i've told a number of people you need to watch this. It's fantastic. There's a lot of people I know who aren't really into comic books that much who really fucking love this show. Like, there's so many people I know who are like, I actually really love this. So it it has legs, you know. And what's what's funny is people go, oh, I don't like comic books, but they'll watch like Walking Dead and they'll watch like Watchmen TV show. I'm like, you realised... You know, this is where they all come from. Like, don't oh, get me started. Don't, I'm Colin sure Toby will agree with me. Don't get us started on that. Yeah. I get so annoyed with people who are like, I love the MCU. I love all of that stuff. Oh, no, I don't like comic books. I'm like, oh, just shut. get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> get out of my shut, face. Shut your noise. Shut your noise. <laughs> yeah, but I think they think the. the guess nowadays they see they hear a comic book and they think like oh all the marvel stuff all the dc yeah. stuff it's like no mm-hmm. there is so much else going on out there that is uh in that world that is being adapted and is really fucking good scott pilgrim yeah and invincible are two prime examples of that that show mm-hmm. that comic books aren't just all you know that kind of stuff that they've seen since 2008's iron man you know there's a lot more going to it i think the, 
what Invincible does is really, it's, it was for me, the best way I can describe it, it was a really good antidote to the kind of Marvel mm. fatigue yeah. I've had recently. And I think this has just made me go, no, superheroes can be fun. It's not superhero fatigue. It's bad film fatigue. Yeah. And Invincible for me, I cannot, I genuinely cannot wait for the second part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and to catch up on all the comics and all that stuff. Well, I, think I can't wait. One of the things about Invincible that I've always loved is it's, it's worn its superhero fatigues in full color. You know, it, it doesn't shy away. It, it sort of takes the old age, sort of silver age, gold age, sort of comic book era where everyone's in bright colors. You know, no, it, they're unabashedly superheroes, uh, but they take on sort of more mature themes and, and they they run with that sort of more cartoonified comic book style of the bright yellows, the bright oranges, those sort of things. And then they they lace it with the ultraviolence that they have. So it's kind of a, a meeting of the two worlds. They're honoring the sort of superhero history, but then they're sort of bringing it into a more modern age with the violence, the more um, sort of atypical storylines, those sort of things. Uh, so I think it, it you're right in the sense that it is kind of the antidote to the MCU because I feel like MCU's mm-hmm. kind of steering away from what made it great in the first place while trying to honor mm-hmm. the comic book and it's, it's trying to I do its own that. thing a little bit and be more ground well grounded-esque well that's as i was gonna say i mean i use the term realism yeah but loose because obviously it is you know a superhero show but it grounds itself really well with you know the the sub characters you know mark's inner circle yeah uh They've, and then the love stories that are going on, the, the grief and all that kind of stuff, the actual stakes, like you said about Atom Eve's, she ha- just because she can doesn't mean she should, because mm. she her power, she you know, it's not a simple case of I can, so I'm gonna. Um, there's there's real stakes to it. The violence is it's it's it's, it's a violent show, but it's that's a, I think for me, if if it were real, a a more accurate representation of what it would be like yeah. if, because you've got these crazily powered superhuman super powered beings that can do whatever they want whenever they want there's going to be consequences and i think that's something that obviously seth rogan who's a producer on this and is a producer on the boys with uh, evan goldberg they get that they get that in those scenarios there has to be that sense of realism to make us buy into it yeah mm. and i think to add to upon that it's interesting we've mentioned the boys now i I can't talk about the tv show but i can talk about the comic books because i've read them and i've read invincible and something toby definitely touched upon is that i feel well not touched upon your point i'm just gonna steal your point i think the (laughs) i think the 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 golden age element of the comic books and and now the tv show is the thing that i think you know for the comic books the boys just felt like vulgarity and like violence Mm. for the sake of it Whereas, and that's the comics, not the TV show. I cannot, just to emphasise. But with the cartoon of Invincible um, and obviously the comic books, it feels like the violence is there because that's what realistically would happen. You know, like in season one, when they try and take down the mob boss and it goes horribly wrong. And like Battle Beast, such a great character, appears and just wrecks house. Yeah. Is like yeah there's consequences the violence of that didn't go like we're gonna make this scene because it's so it demonstrates that if you make bad decisions because you're like i'm super powered i can do what i want it's like well no you can't because Hmm. there are consequences to your actions yeah well it's interesting you say that as well because to sort of expand upon that a little bit without touching too much on spoilers but there are certain... You just tell us the plot. Yeah. Like, not to spoilers, but basically. <laughs> there are certain characters that are introduced in this part mm-hmm. that later down the line actually have to deal with the real-world ramifications of their powers mm-hmm. and how that affects sort of the other characters and how their conflicts and how then, if they're not in check with their powers, what are the ramifications of that? Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, they they do actually deal with that in the comic book. So I'll be interested to see if they actually deal with that in the animated show. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. But just They're to, touch on, going to. But just to yeah, touch on the boys one thing, because I, mm. I, I cannot stand the comic book. Yeah, I, I hate the comic book. I really I, I don't like the comic, comic books. books. I've read them all. Them. Um, I have a problem with Garth Ennis's comic books, to be honest. I think they're always yeah. very much gratuity for gratuity's sake. But the TV Agreed. show is such a good 
basically what they've done with the TV show is the allegory for superheroes is just today's social media socialites. Mm. You know, it's the Instagrams, it's the TikToks, it's the YouTubes, it's the podcasts. The brands, their yeah. assets. It's, it's, their it's those sort of people. Commodities. Yeah. Yeah. They're the superhero commodity. They're put in the limelight. What do they do with these superhero powers in this sort of setting? That's the dynamic here because the original boys comic book series, it, it's very much the the business side of things yes but homelander is just he's a very two-dimensional character he's just a yeah, bad guy so, for bad guy's sake and i'm not saying that the homelander in the tv show is particularly a deep character but there is a guy. lot there's yeah but there's a lot more nuance to him and there's a lot uh, yeah. more backstory as to why he is why he is while still like what makes him tick into being an absolute piece of shit. I'd, I'd agree. And I think Anthony Starr does a really good job of yeah. making him more layered than he is in the comics, because I don't like the comics either. Yeah. Yeah, to, I hate the comics. I think, like say, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like you're just doing this for shock value rather than actual thinking about 100%, how yeah. To, yeah. This is a um, rare occasion where the TV show amplifies and exemplifies the quality yeah. of the story. Yeah, what has this and uh, done? Uh, he did Wanted. No, that no, was Mark Miller, wasn't it? Um, he did Preacher, which was all right. He did Preacher. He he also had quite a prolific run on The Punisher. Oh, yeah. I'm looking he, at it now. Was it Welcome Back, Frank? He did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he has done some good stuff. It's just some of his, his, his more like creator-owned stuff has kind of just been, the boys in particular, has just kind of been a bit gratuitous for gratuitous. Stuff. I also think preacher was good initially but then it kind of goes off the rails a bit and yes yeah. it wasn't really kind of similar it just kind of becomes a bit gratuitous yeah yeah i think i agree with you there's also oh he did he did crossed i hate that have you seen that like crossed is like this thing like a basically like a cult sort of thing that rises in society where people have like crosses on their head and they like become psychotic and things like that the gratuitous violence in that is horrendous and it just isn't i it just doesn't serve like there are genuinely when i say to you like stuff that i don't really want to repeat because of how violent it is and and it's also like very sexual violence as well and that mm. makes it just like why are you doing yeah. this like yeah so i completely agree with you and it's one of the reasons why the boys are just i i've i've been told by you everyone i know who's watched the tv show that they're like, it's nothing like the comics. It's, you'll really like it. You really like it. But unfortunately, like, I will watch it. I've promised already on this podcast. It's in. It's on audio. So I've said I would do it. And we, I think we're going to do a special where it's Ian's Watch the Boys. Ian's Watch the Boys. <laughs> Let's see what he's um, um, gives, gives me an excuse to watch the boys as well. So, you know. <laughs> I just, it, the, because of how violent Garth Ennis is with that, I, it's just put me off watching it. But I will watch it. But I think, you know, you know, comparing it with invincible the violence that is in the comics of invincible because it does serve for the the, the story i think it, it it hasn't put me off at all um and when you when you see it is bloody violent and i think you know a, a scene in the comic book which i was going to ask you about toby how you felt they handled it i really liked in the comic book because a the comic book and obviously visual mediums are quite different in terms of animation yeah. In the comic, I really liked when the Viltrumites turn up on the planet where um, Omni Man's gone and met some insect love. He he, they have an amazing splash page where it's like lots and lots and lots of little panels. Yeah, where they're fighting and beating the shit out of each other, and then there's two large characters across those fighting splash across panels. Each other, yeah. Which was amazing. I felt like they kind of did a good job of having the erraticness of the violence in the show by just having lots and lots of smash cuts yeah. of them getting hit in the face. But do you think they how they handled that was done, done well? I it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, they also changed a couple of the characters who were involved in that fight. They did, yeah. Um, I actually forget the character's name with the long braid and the knife. She's not in that. She's not in that conflict at all. It's actually two guys, if memory serves. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I feel like that is a highlight of where the budget may have been at play because mm -hmm. having lots of micro animations in the background of something in the foreground would, would definitely cost a lot more than just having <laughs> yeah. four characters on screen at one time. However, having them as maybe static stationary images whilst they're fighting 
um, in the foreground in animation would have been spectacular, but I think they handled it well. And the, I, I felt the tension between sort of Mark not quite wanting to fully commit to the fight because he's, he's still not there yet in the ultra violence and hasn't quite got round to Omni-Man's mindset, but also is very conscious of the fact that he could die in this conflict whilst Omni-Man is just wrecking house, like when he smashes that guy or punches the guy's head from both sides and you just see the skull shift. It's just, oh my God. Um, yeah. That, to that, say an animation makes me go, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, it does have some more. Also, the bit with her jaw gets kicked in. Yeah. I was like... But they also amplify the, the scene where Mark is seeing the victims of this conflict, which are the people. Mm. And... I really like, because I, I really don't recall it happening in the comic book, where I, I do need to reread that one, where, because the, the newer series is sort of more fresh in my mind than sort of the older stuff, where Omniman is like, why am I feeling for these people? Mm -hmm. Like, why? Like, and he, he gets yeah, depressed and he, he sort of chokes out Mark to start with. It's like, you've weakened me. Like, you've, you've made me feel for these people where I wouldn't have felt for them before. Why am I feeling like this? This is not Ultramite. You've, you've done something to me. Like, I thought that was really powerful because he's sort of coming to terms and it's the character arc, you know, it's the development. And mm -hmm. it, it makes yeah. how things move forward in the show, uh, in the series make more sense. Mm. It, it's all I, it's all good stuff it's all good stuff i love it it's all good i love it stuff. Oh, that's really our review stuff. it's all yeah. good it's all stuff. good stuff <laughs> i wow. yeah i completely agree with you toby it's it's they they've handled it incredibly well and yeah. the stuff that they've seasoned in the new stuff that because it's still principally the same story but yeah. the things they've peppered in has enhanced the story rather than detra detract from it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I still love Alan the Alien and we'll have to see what. Yeah. And I, I liked there. him having um, his own little sort of intro bit at the beginning. Like, Alan oh, that the was Alien great. Adventure. That's actually one of my favorite yeah. bits of this, this, this little part was the, uh, the overvoice, the narrator. Yeah. And it's like Alan sleeping with his partner. <laughs> like, Let's go back to Earth and see what our hero is yeah. doing there. It's like, <laughs> oh fun. no, I, I, don't know, I don't know where to go. <laughs> I, I also want to do a, a quick shout out to Peter Cullen being the awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. it's so yes. good hearing his voice in also a, a voice. Unlike, I mean, it's, it's Peter Well, um, Peter Cullen, yeah, Cullen. So you, you know what he sounds like. It's Optimus Prime, goddammit. But it's interesting to see him play a different character. I'd love if he went Autobot. I mean, I'd, I'd, uh... <laughs> Ultramites. Roll out, roll out. I, I, yeah, no, I, I am interested, and that's something they've done differently with Alan as well. Like, there's yeah. beats there that are the same, but there's stuff going on with him and Alan which wasn't in the comics, yeah, or at least maybe it's implied in the comics i don't know like that takes scene a is very different, different turn yeah it takes a different turn and simone was turned to me and went oh my god like is he dead you need to tell me if he's dead please tell me if he's dead and i was Kate like i actually <laughs> i actually can't tell you because i don't know actually i don't know what's going on there like it's it's very different and and that's a real positive so yeah. it's it's enhanced what we've already got with their seasoning the seasoning of stuff you know yeah agree i think um it's all good stuff it's all good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Um, so for me, that back on the Peter Cullen thing, like I said, the voice acting is great. The the good thing about watching on Prime is when you pause, you can see like who's yeah, it links to IMDb, really doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously there's a massive cast, but every every like, Gray Griffin as a voice actress, she does like so many different voices. Yeah. Her credits are incredible. And she's, she's, you just look at how many voices she does in this show alone. You're like, good God. I mean, <laughs> fair play. But yeah, Peter Cullen with, coming in was yeah. like, oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you cherry. one other person I want to shout out who I, I think it's kind of, it's uh, Walter Goggins. A Walter Goggins. He's so good. He plays him so well really like he, well he's he, is there's a stoicism to him where you can tell that he's seen a lot of shit like he kind of he feels like og nick fury you know how he's seen a lot of shit he's been around the the world a few times he's, he's seen all manner of superheroic craziness going on and he's kind of jaded by it but he's also got like a, a, a little glimmer of optimism to him like he's, yeah. he's hopeful for what these characters could bring in. And I, I've always liked him in the comics. I thought he was always quite a cool character. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. Walter Goggins I think does really well with him. 
he does and i think it's that he i think he inherently thinks what he's doing is the right thing yes very much like, so. and and it comes across like that it's not that he's got ulterior evil motives it's that my ulterior motives are for the betterment yeah yeah okay. uh, yeah i think yeah he genuinely cares for debbie and mark to but he also has the big picture in his head yeah he's he looking out that, for the earth like, yeah he's looking for earth he realizes that yes i it's not that i don't care about your problems or where you're going through but i've got billions of people to worry about yeah. so it's a very good balance and it's like you said what i'm going is good because i remember seeing him over the last few years where it's kind of been like loud cowboy-esque western type roles and he's shows that he's got real he's, like he's a very talented actor he's yeah. really good he's, he's very really good, good at justified he's very good in justified, I love justified. Actor, yeah. um but yes so Invincible part season two, part two will come out next year. We're very excited. That's two shows we've we've <laughs> two shows we've spoken about today that we've both really loved and really enjoyed. That have been not only great animations but great adaptations of stuff we already loved to give us something a bit different. Uh so yeah, I think win win on both counts, which is yeah. which is good. Uh, finally, it's, it's all animated. It's all good stuff. It's the animated spectacular. Whoa. So yeah, we will be back for part two of our animation celebration spectacular, where we will be talking about Pluto, which is on Netflix, and also Blue Eye Samurai, which is also on Netflix, a show I'm very excited to talk about. Um, but until then, thank you both for joining me. Um, thank you to all our wonderful listeners. We do appreciate you um, tuning in every week to listen to us talk about all kinds of nerdy stuff. You can hear about all our other episodes and all kinds of things on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. You can find us on Instagram at the Phantom Zone Podcast, and you can email us at the Phantom Zone Podcast at gmail.com. But for now, until next time, thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, if you can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>